Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for joining us. We are the Voice of Reason podcast. It is a lovely Tuesday evening. We're starting a little bit later. We appreciate your guys' patience. As always, my name is Sean Phillips, and I am joined alongside my lovely co-host, Mr. Andy Van Beber. Andy, how are you tonight? Well, I'm alive and don't have anaphylactic shock to... um beasting or to wasp things or hornet stings whatever you want to call it but hey there you go yeah yeah i had a little bit of a so so folks we do apologize for those uh we did not do the podcast last night uh just because andy <laughs> had dunked himself in a gallon of ice cream and attracted some bees to to come on over and, and yes that's exactly his, what i did yes so <laughs> no i i was actually helping my sister-in-law last night charging her car we have hornets around our house and i i thought i had it i thought i had him taken care of but i didn't get him taken care of and so one stung me last night and my arm swole up and i had i called sean i said i have popeye the sailor arm going on and uh, for those of you younger listeners who don't know popeye the sailor i apologize to go look him up but yeah my arm was huge and then this morning uh, well, we called our telehealth nurse last night, and she said that, well, you're not going through any kind of anaphylaxis. You're, as long as you can breathe and your tongue's not swelling and all this other stuff. And I said, yeah, I'm good. So this morning, swelling went down my arm, almost to my wrist. I freaked out and went to uh, uh, prompt care over in Bowling Green. Shout out to those folks over there. Do a great job. Oh, yeah. Hannibal Regional, uh, and they uh, they got me right in seven o'clock this morning and said you are not infected so they gave me a shot of steroids and i'm one of those people where when you get the shot of steroids usually just shuts me i know some people like amps them up but when i get a prednisone shot man it just it takes the wind right out of my sails so i was i was hurting (laughs) i was hurting today and got home took a little bit of a nap and then my son got excited when our our uh, our new our disc golf set came in, and so we went out and right before sunset we went out to the YMCA and did a round of disc golf with our new set. So that was a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, we're nice. How 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 is he at disc golf? Pretty good. Well, he he actually for a little feller, we we've been watching videos together and everything like that on how to you know how to it's you know like when you go out to the beach and you you know or wherever and you just throwing a frisbee, you're just going like this. Yeah, disc golf I've found out is just a totally different where you have to turn contort your body. Oh yeah, and and just I mean these guys do, and Bryson does fairly well. You know I I only beat him actually I only beat him by seven strokes, which for the little guy is you know yeah is you know pretty i uh there's there's like a video and it's like one of the all-time greatest moments in sports and it's relatively new it's a disc golf like world championship or something like that and the guy he needed a hole in one yeah to win and and he hit it and it's one of like the craziest videos you've ever but yeah is, he is just, that the one that is like kind of like it has this crazy hook into it and it just comes it literally goes like around a whole bunch yep. of trees and stuff. yeah yeah, yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. That. oh my gosh yeah. that's Man, good stuff it's that's good stuff. yeah like th- those those kind of moments like in sports like because when you're kind of watching it you're just like well it didn't seem like it was that far but to like just understand what 
has to go in to make the perfect shot and you need one to win is absolutely insane. I watched, yeah, you know, to, I, I, I want to do as much and not, I don't talk smack about my dad or anything like that, but my dad, you know, he did fishing and he took me deer hunting, but other, you know, when it wasn't any in season, we just didn't, because my dad was a church planner, a pastor, you know about this being a pastor's kid. Heard that, heard and, that. And so dad and I just never, and so whenever I have a chance to find something that my son likes to do and we can do it, man, mm-hmm. and he just, he really digs the, the disc soft, uh, the disc golf scene. And again, shout out to another guy, Sean Geralds, who is the program director over at the YMCA here in town. Uh, he actually is the one who designed the course for the YMCA. Oh, and, nice. You know, it's it comes with a membership. I like anything that's you know, you know, a little free action. So mm-hmm. I like that. So that that's you know. But uh, how about you? How was your nice. weekend? Good. Um... And uh, busy. What did I do? What was this weekend? What did I... Oh, we went to a, a pumpkin patch. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, it was it was a busy weekend for me. Went to a pumpkin patch on Saturday um, with my my family. Um, uh, my daughter got to you know hang out with her nieces and grandma and grandpa and mm-hmm. had a blast and did some good shopping. I I always love like because this pumpkin patch had a bunch of like little flea market you know vendors and stuff and there was all kinds of interesting goodies i let me i okay so this i actually do want to address something Uh so i thankfully i'm i'm not a very you know i if people insult me or people around me depending on how far they go will depend on how outspoken i'm going to be about the situation yeah but uh I'm sitting there. We're we're looking at these booths, and there's these two older and dog shit fellas that were <laughs> sitting around this table, and they were selling a bunch of goods that they had, you know, ordered from eBay, and it was like Apple Watch wristbands for three dollars, you like know, the and like all, like, kind of thing. Yes, a bunch of very cheap foreign goods that they they that's what they were selling, and these guys were old. Um. And Tony was to my right. She was at a different booth and she was wearing a pullover sweatshirt and had her sleeves rolled up. And for those that don't know, my, my girlfriend has two tattoo sleeves or her arms are covered in tattoos. Uh-huh. And I'm sitting there. I don't think that these two gentlemen realize that I'm with Tony, that Tony's my girlfriend. And they have to make it a point to one another to talk they literally the words that came out of this guy's mouth was like wow she's she was she was so so beautiful but she just ruined it with those stupid tattoos tattoos ruin it they ruined they didn't do a good stage whisper is what you're saying no and then and then one of them said it's it's the parents fault when when people get tattoos like that it's the parents and i just I looked at the guy and I, I was wearing it. I would have ripped your shirt off if it, if it was. If I, you... I did. I literally, I, so I, yes. I didn't take my shirt shirt off, yes. but I was wearing a hoodie and I just took my sweatshirt off and I looked and I just I stood there with my, my full sleeve. And you did? I was like, and everything oh, on yeah. your chest oh. and everything? Oh my gosh. No, not, not my chest. No, I, I just, oh, I was dude, wearing a hoodie, should... but I had a short, <laughs> well, I had a short sleeve on, but I should have just, yeah, just flashed him like, yeah, this is my parents' fault. You dumb bastard. <laughs> 
For those yeah, of you who don't was... know, Sean's wrestling. One part of Sean, you're wrestling. You're Sean Patrick, the Illustrated Man, correct? Correct. Yeah. And I tell you what, that is. I I hope that I'm 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 looking forward to when that really takes off for you because, I mean that, I love. Uh, first of all, oh, yeah. I'm a huge fan of tattoos. I think that if the human body can be a canvas for art, by God, mm-hmm. use it. You know, yeah, and I, I love, and I love, I admire really good ink. And you've got when I'm when you showed me your which one was your first one? I forgot. My my very first one's actually covered up now. It's a very small Deathly Hollows here, but like my first big ones kind of started like my sister's diamond up here yeah, was kind of yeah. like the first big one that I had gotten, and then they started to meticulate down. I remember I hadn't seen you in a while and you came back and you start, you know, you were telling me about all your, and I was just like, dude, I'm digging the tattoos. And yeah, I think some people, you know, the older generation just, they don't, I mean, they look at it as, oh, that's something that old, you know, dirty Sally has done or, you know, that's, mm-hmm. and what's really sad about that is they don't understand. I mean, personal, let people have their personal choice, you know. I I would be the wuss who had the, like a little tiny tattoo that would be, but I mean I and I always yeah. make it a point because it it bridges a lot of gaps too. Whenever I'm like at a gas station um, and I see the attendant who has, you know, or I go to the doctor's office where I go to get my mm. where I have my thumb stuff done. There's a, the receptionist up there. She just has beautiful art on her arm, and I just like mm-hmm. I and I commented, and she's like, "You're one of the." that's weird because people never comment me i'm like well i'm a fan of you know so that's, right that's a shame that people get that 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 uh, yeah it, it was it was you know it was just kind of it was kind of you know not funny in a way but it was just like man you know i i, I thought i just the line of like it's the parents fault it's the parents fault that kid. Mm-hmm. i'm like what like you know it was always a running joke like Cause you know, coming back where, you know, where we're from, I had had a, you know, a couple friends whose parents kind of, you know, were like, what do you, you know, what do your parents think of all that? And I was like, well, I'm not doing crack. Like <laughs> I'm not smoking meth. I'm pretty sure my parents are fine with if I, I have, I don't, ink. I don't like, see old Murdoch coming down and just saying, Tron. No, no. Yeah. Old Murdoch. He, it, but it's funny. Cause honestly, Mike, my, my Murdoch forgets half the time that I have a tat, had tattoos. Like I'll show up and I've had these things for years. I'll be like, when'd you get that one done? Like that, you've seen this tattoo 800 times. Like, oh, forgot about it. There's so many of them now. Just, you know, and, like, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. and to answer back to Colby Coleman, I don't think my wife would let me get one Colby. So just to put that one to bed. So no. anyway, yeah, my, my, the only people that would have probably complained about, you know, me getting too many tattoos might have been some of my grandparents, but they all kicked the bucket. So I didn't right. have to really worry right. about that. But but no, so and that well that kind of that 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 does kind of bridge into our topic uh for this evening. And and we're gonna get into um division essentially. Um and, and as you guys know when when uh, Andy Travis and I had started this podcast, the voice of reason, the reason why we kind of got behind it was because of the division that we saw here in the United States. Um, politically, uh, we're just we're at this point where it just there seems to be such a, a divisional rift between the left, the right, and now everything, everything now has become political. And I'm not just talking about things like COVID 
but I mean, you know, and things like sports, but now, I mean, any major issue, there is one side that, you know, might not have an issue with it, but then the other side has to create a new problem within the problem. And we can, we see it constantly with like even everything the 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 for example last week we we talked about the gabby petito case if we have time i'll do a little bit at the end an update if we have time but that became political it became politicized based on her race what what they say missing missing white girls or something yes yes correct and and tried to make compare and again we 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 can get into that uh, at another time Um, but it's just it's 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 wild how everything has to be political now and and it's not like to say in you know history and and you know things have always been political but now more so than ever i think not only are things political like they might have been but now it's to the point where people are at each other's throats um for everything so Andy, Andy, what, 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 um, what talking points did you kind of have that you wanted to? I want to, I want to start for where I came with this and what lit the fire underneath my butt for this. Um, and I try to stay connected on as Sean does too, to not just conservative outlets or I try to keep plugged into everything. And one guy who is kind of my liberal barometer is a guy who is on. What's it called? I think it's called Real Time with Bill Maher. Bill Maher. Real Time. A real Talk, yeah. Real yeah, Talk, yeah. Real, real time. time. Yeah, Real Talk. Yeah. And um, Bill Maher is a, in my eyes, is an old school liberal. He is, he's your late 90s, early 2000. You know, we used to think that he was the far, far left. But now he actually is the guy who is kind of, the voice of reason for the left, you know, and I was, so I was, and I, I subscribe to his page and I get, you know, little video snippets from his page. And I sent one to Sean this week. And the one area that I wanted to talk about, first of all, is, you know, he, and he, he addressed this uh, one issue earlier. And then I should, the one I sent to Sean, which is something we'll talk about later on. But one of the things that, the Met Gala, Sean. Are you familiar with the Met Gala? So my understanding of what the Met Gala is is that essentially it's a uh, fancy rich people fashion party where essentially the whole point of it. I don't necessarily know if there's a specific fashion show that goes into the Met Gala. No, but I know that the whole point of it right. is to bring your best. You know, your your best dressed. Your your uh, if you're invited, if you're in that, you know, right. social circle. And so um, it's, it's for yeah. the Met, yeah, and it's for the Metropolitan Museum in New York. It is mm-hmm. called the Met, um, and the Met has this fundraiser. It is the social event of the fall, or early, late summer, early fall. And so the Met had their the gala three weeks uh, September the fifth September the fifteenth. Yeah, September the 15th. And so I'm going to put up for the viewers on the screen here. Uh, So for those of you who listen to us on the podcast, uh, what I'm putting up here, this is, uh, I always mess up her name, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is the 
she is the this is her second term from New York, and so she shows up to the to the Met Gala with this dress on, and on the back it says "Tax the Rich." Now, needless to say, she did not make a lot of friends with this dress, but she has gotten a large number of critics for wearing this dress. Now, for those of you who don't know, the Met Gala, we're talking 35 to get one ticket to this event is 35 grand. Okay? To to have a table is 275 so you you can purchase a table for $275,000. Now, what I find so when again talking about division and the the political you know I don't know if if somebody's getting if if this I I hope that this isn't like a somebody's dark devious scheme to divide America so much that you know we are we're so against each other on every facet of everything but you know so AOC she wears this dress to a by the way, your House of Representatives members make $174,000 a year. Okay? So she wears this dress. This is a $2,000 dress that is designed by Aurora James. Now, if you don't know who Aurora James is, she is a kind of a up-and-coming designer in New York City. And she runs a she runs a shoe company, shoe and accessory company that's called Brother uh, brother Violas, brother Vales, Violas, and if you go to their website, this is some entertainment, by the way. If you go to her website, she has. So I, I did some investigating. Uh, there is a she, she, she has a a I don't know what I don't know the stiletto heel. For you know a pair of stiletto heels for three hundred seventy five dollars. Uh, she has a I found a pair of these wool socks on there for 150 bucks you know and to me this screams one thing it screams is just absolute hypocrisy and she's like well we're sending a message and her comments from the red carpet just floored me that oh we're just too hard-working we represent two hard-working young ladies from you know the inner city who just you know i'm like you you're at a gala of the rich the only statement statement you're sending is you're an ass and to divide people on the you know i think when we when we start getting in the area of wealth and sean you can jump in anytime the the thing one and we we've talked about i mean we've touched a lot on wealth issues on this show we have talked about minimum wage we have talked about the living wage. We have talked about, you know, inflation. We've talked about all of these things. But people look at people look at the wealthy as villains. Now, do I think the tax system needs to change and close up some of the loopholes? Absolutely. Because when you have somebody like a Donald Trump who makes billions of dollars a year, and what was it? What was it? His last tax disclosure was like he paid, I forgot how much it was, like under a thousand dollars of taxes or something like that. Something insane. And yeah. so, yes, that's something that needs to be fixed. 
But when we start vilifying one side against the other, and and this just may be me going going over overboard here, but we we need the wealthy to fund the economy through providing jobs. You know, if you don't have a Jeff Bezos, you don't have an Amazon. If you don't have an Elon Musk, you don't have Tesla. If you don't have um, Bill Gates, you don't have Microsoft. You don't, you don't have these guys who drive our economy. And you say, well, they're evil people. Okay. I, like I saw a headline that said, and it was, it was some ignorant math. I don't know who, who taught these people math, but it's like, you know, Jeff, Bill, Jeff Bezos now is worth is approaching half a trillion dollars, $500 billion. And with that, he could give everybody in the world a million. It was just, I was like, no, I don't think that math works out. It was something like he could give everybody in the world a million, every person in the world a million dollars. is like, okay, well, there's 8 billion people in the world. And, you know, I'm like, people always think that I've got, I mean, is it a matter of jealousy that divides us? Do you think that if, if I say, well, that Jeff Bezos is, is evil, that Donald Trump is evil because he's wealthy, is it because I don't have that? Or is it because, I mean, is it is it just they're naturally evil? Or is it just greed or envy on my part that I don't have that stuff? Um, You know, I think about this a lot. Um, there's, there's the old argument of, you know, people, people that say, you know, billionaires shouldn't exist. Uh, I will never be a billionaire. I'll say it. At, I will never be a billionaire. What I can say is people that are billionaires there's a reason why there are so few of them. There's really not that many. Uh, there's a reason why they are worth what they're worth. The big thing, the big one of the biggest misconceptions that there is about billionaires is that they have liquid cash of a billion dollars or more. Right. That is not the fact. When you look at individuals like Elon, when you look at individuals like Bezos, a lot of that comes from shares that they hold within the companies that they started. Uh, it has nothing to do with them just having cash to have cash, right? That's why when they, when you look at like the salary of a CEO might be like $3 million, whatever it might be, like that's liquid income that they have. But the majority of these individuals' net worth comes with stocks and shares and investments and property. And there's, there's so much that goes into what you know, those people are. Now, are some people inherited billionaires? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely, they exist. And is it very frustrating? I guess. I, I, you should have told your grandparents to make more money. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, I, you know, and, and, and again, there's levels to that as well. Like I'm a white american whereas you know other individuals whose ancestry didn't have you know the same fortune that white people's and that and that's and that's okay that's one elephant that i i hate when when people bring up like people seem to forget how 
pretty recent slavery was. Like if you right. look at how generational wealth works, um, it's very hard. Like look at like in, in a lot of cases, right? If if your parents are poor, typically you might be poor. If you go back, you know, the generation before of if your grandparents great were wealthy or right. great, you know, there's there's so many things. So imagine like how long it takes for people to dig for for families and uh, and lineage to dig themselves out of that hole. Now you take that and you kind of go back far and then you literally have people that were slaves and had Jim Crow laws. Like, let's not forget, um, it wasn't that long ago that black Americans couldn't drink from the same water fountains as white Americans in some states. So let's not act like it was peaches and cream for people to just get a job so quick. Right. Um, but when it comes to billionaires, they're... I, I, I hate the term evil, but it's like the, the old saying, like there's a necessary evil. We have to have billionaires in order to have the economy that we have. Like you said, we need them in order to have jobs. Now, why? Why do these people need this money? I, I couldn't tell you. I, I What I do hate is the amount of individuals, though, that act like they would just give that shit away like it was their job to do. Like, shut up. Shut up. It It's not true. And they might say that. They might say, oh, if I was a billionaire, I would do this, do this, do this. Or if I had a million dollars, I would give this, this, this. But then it's like, okay, if you had that, let's say you had a liquid million dollars sitting in your bank account. Uh, and you were and you were told you could either give all this away and be set for a year or you can spend X amount on yourself and be good till you die. What are you going to do? I, you know what? And I here's the thing. I go back to um, and I don't know if my buddy uh, Colby Coleman's still on or not, but he was he was there when this happened. Nineteen ninety nine. I was in a car accident mm-hmm. and the settlement. My lawyer told me. The lady, and it was just a little old lady who had pulled out, and her, she is we, recently widowed. And my lawyer's like, you, you know, you can own this woman. She had three or four thousand acres, and he's like, oh, you could own, you could own, you could own this this land and everything. And I said, you know what? Just have her pay my hospital bills, and you know whatever, you know we think is right and fair. So I got a settlement. She paid for my hospital bills, and I got a fifty thousand dollars settlement. Now, I burnt through that so fast that it wasn't even funny. For the and Sean, that was the only time in my life. Nineteen ninety nine. So that was December of nineteen ninety nine. That was the first and only time in my life as a an adult on my own that I was totally debt free. Mm-hmm. I used that money to pay off my college loan. I used that money to. But I went through, I went through three or four vehicles. I went through, I went through two trucks. I went through a, a Pontiac, almost brand new Pontiac Bonneville. Um, I used to be really big and before I got into Apple, I was really big in, yeah, Colby says the big truck. Yes, the big truck. And then, um, I, um, and then, I mean, I went through gaming PCs and I was really in the video production and I got, I mean, it it, it did pay for my my master's degree, but by 2004, okay, so that happened in 1999. By 2004, yeah, that money was gone. 
-hmm. relatively fast. Now, knowing now what I know, what I didn't know then, 20, you know, what the 26 year old kid did 21 years ago and what this 47 year old dude now who's in front of you sees is, man, I could have done a lot more with that. I could have done a lot more with that. You know, I gave what I gave to the church and I, then I, you know, and then I went nuts. So when people tell me what, what you just said, when people say, I'm going to do this with money until you're in that spot. And now granted $50,000 isn't a billion dollars, but to a poor kid who grew up in central Illinois, whose dad made $900 a month and, you know, had four boys mm -hmm. at home. Okay. And made that $900 a month pay for, okay. $50,000 is a lot of cash. And so I, I, I call BS when somebody says, well, I'm going to do this and I'd give it to that. No, you're not. I, 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 I find it. I, I applaud people like Bill Gates who the, you know, the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation, you know, gives to, 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 you know, he's, he's the Andrew Carnegie of his day. Big Bill Gates is a huge philanthropist. Yeah. And, that's like a thing that people forget too, is, is like a, his full-time job at this point is to be a philanthropist. Yeah. That's what he does. Is, is literally to, and, and, and when people are like, well, why does he just give it to the, it's like he specifically takes time to find the right organizations to make sure the money goes to the right people and the he's, right places. He's not even the COO of, uh, of Microsoft anymore. He's a CEO, but he's not the COO. He, he yeah, gave that he, job his, a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. His full-time job is working as a philanthropist and doing, um, well, I guess, you know, everyone thinks that, you know, he's out to plant everyone with microchips and, right. and yeah, yeah. get that done. Okay. But, you know, and then the other thing, um, so the founder of Turner Network, TNT Television, TBS, CNN, Ted Turner, okay? And I still yeah. remember this when I taught current events. And we got Newsweek, This, you know, we did current events and we read through Newsweek each week and everything. And I still remember this cover back in 97, 98. It said, and the headline was, Ted Turner's putting billionaires on notice. When he gave, and again, this was 97, of course, but when he gave a billion dollars away. And at that time he was only worth, and again, 97, but he was worth like seven or $8 billion. And he gave one eighth of his worth away. I mean, the rest of the world was like, what are you crazy? You mm -hmm. know, but people think of them, like you said, they're not, we have to look at the whole picture and, and Sean and I, and I'm not going to mention my name, but Sean and I have this one really super liberal friend who's way off the plantation. Love him to death. But when he talks about, you know, there's there's no logic. When you talk to some people, they, they, want, they want to point at you until they're blue in the face, say, you're an idiot for buying into the system and capitalism is evil and all of the, you know... Are there evils in capitalism? Of course there is. Are there people who are try trying to screw the system? Of course there is. But at the end of the day, my dad had a saying, you do not bite the hand that feeds you. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you know, in this idea of socialism and taxing the rich and, you know, we don't know, in my opinion, we don't know what true 
poverty looks like. We have no. no we so people who are what is it? The poverty line is what at right twenty eight thousand a year for a family of four, I believe. Right now twenty thousand, thirty thousand somewhere in the neighborhood for a family of four, I believe it's somewhere in that in that yeah. neighborhood. But uh, our poverty level is is we we're wealthier than what is it like seventy eight percent of the rest of the world mm-hmm. at poverty level, and when you go to places and God's blessed me enough that I've got to go to China, I've been to Costa Rica, I've been to Jamaica, I've been to Mexico, I've been to, and when you get out away from the touristy areas, and you go, you know, I went on a mission trip three times to Costa Rica, and when you go. And you see women who are sweeping their dirt floor and it shines because they sweep it so much, you know, and they take pride in that. And they are the, and here's the thing, they are some of the most giving, friendliest people in the world because they don't care. They're glad to have a roof over their heads. They're not, you know, and every, they help each other out, you know, oh, (laughs) Kyle McGuire chimes in. And he says, "Family of four poverty line is twenty six thousand dollars." Thank you, KFK. Um, so, I, 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 our our idea of poor, you know, and I just got done. We're actually working on my modern world class. Just got done talking about the French French Revolution, and when you look at that time, that's poverty. That's you know, when you have you had what was called the three estates: first estate, second estate, third estate. Mm-hmm. And 30, or I always mess this stat up. So 75% of the population lived on 2% of its, of France's income. Okay. So the other 25% had the 98% of the wealth. Yeah. The, and so the, and the people who were being taxed was, were the poor. Where it was the third mm-hmm. estate, the first estate, which was the clergy, the second estate, which was the nobles, did not pay taxes. That's a situation where you have the right to scream to the top of your lungs, and they did, and they chopped people's heads off for it. That's where you get, and I think we lose perspective on how things really work. If you want to see, like Colby mentioned, his dad who grew up with no water or electricity, same thing with my dad who grew up in the Depression with that too you know you want to see we've lost perspective and like you said slavery you know wasn't that long i mean we still have people around who were raised during the depression who saw what true poverty looks like you know today we we consider oh man we're suffering if we don't have high-speed internet or if we don't have at least two flat screens in our house or if I don't have, you know, wall-to-wall stereo system. I mean, I think we really lose perspective on what it means to have and be in need. Well, Tony and I were literally talking about yesterday about, like, how, like, you know, when my family, when we were gifted a flat screen from the church, when flat screens first became a thing and how, like, crazy was, and it's now you go to any home in America and each room has a flat screen. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just, you know... I, I think there, there's a, where the divide comes from is because of, and again, I hate it, you know, social media plays a big role in it because of things like clout and, and all that shit. But we see 
we see what other people have and not not just in like the newspaper or on the news anymore it is constantly in our faces of look at what i have look at the people that like me because of the things that i have and when you're at home and let's say if you're a teenager or you're a young person and you see that on your phone 24 7 and you look at the environment around you maybe your life sucks maybe you're Maybe your parents, you know, are split. Maybe you have an abusive household. Maybe you, you know, you just have a, 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 a normal life. It could even just be you have a, you live a middle-class life, but you see this stuff and it's constantly thrown in your face of like, okay, well, this is what measures success. This is how success right. is reached. So how... Then you go, okay, well, how do I obtain success? Well, then people seem to forget. And again, this is not, and, and I, I, refuse, I refuse to believe that this is just a younger generation thing. I actually hate mm -hmm. the amount of times I hear this. But it's not a millennial thing, no. It's not a millennial thing, but people don't like to put in hard work. That is a fact. That is just a, it doesn't matter what it is in all aspects of life. No shit, nobody wants to go into work for 40 hours a week. It's not a no-brainer. Uh, but if you do, if you do put in the work, that's how you get paid. And if you, it, you know, the, the, the big argument I always had is if you want success, you can't work a 40-hour week. You have to work an 80-hour week. And what I mean by that is if you want to live and be successful off your dreams, whether it's a, a career that you want to do, whether you want to educate yourself, whether you want to be successful in whatever it is you want to be. But let's say today you can't do it because you can't afford it. Mm -hmm. Let's say you have to work a 40 hour job. Okay. Then work that 40 hour job. But when you clock out the remaining hours of the day before you go to sleep has to go towards that dream. You have to put the same amount of time and effort into what you want to do, whether it's education, whether it's exercising, whether it's marketing, whether it's social media, whatever it is. But right. here's the thing. This is where it gets difficult. Some people have kids. Some people have families. I understand 120%. There never seems to be enough time in the day. Because life, ha life happens, right? Life happens. And unfortunately, you know, like, I wish we made a bigger deal of computer networking and coding and, and made those oh, people man. influencers, yeah. but instead our influencers, you know, they just, they are YouTubers. They are X, Y, Z. And, and they're finding the, quick unfortunately way to, they're finding the quick way to make a buck. And that's also something that pisses people off because, well, if they can make a quick buck, then I can make a quick buck. Yeah. And so, and, but, but again, in some of that, like it takes a lot of work. Like, for example, there's two guys that I watch from time to time when I, when I, if I need background noise, like if I'm doing dishes, there's two guys that I watch on YouTube and they, they, they literally stream video games. Like they do, they, they play video games and they, and they talk, but they're very entertaining. I started watching both of them. Well, at this point, they started their YouTube channels just under two years ago now. I started watching them both when one of them had 200 subscribers and the other one had 75 subscribers. The very beginning. Now they both have over 200,000 subscribers and they make money weekly. Wow. 
Wow. But when I say they put in the work, these are two guys that worked full-time jobs. And then when they weren't working, they were making YouTube content. Right. And, you know, people like, well, it's so easy. You know, oh, why can't I do? No one watches my stuff. Like, you don't understand. They work two full-time jobs, YouTube and what they were doing. So there's opportunity cost that that's just yes. how the world works and opportunity see, cost. And this is something you're, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something that is not talked about. And we we're actually seeing this in our curriculum as a social studies teacher. We're at the opportunity cost itself. When you look at a, your dreams or your opportunity, you know, everything, there's an opportunity cost. If there's a business venture, there's going, when you started your coffee company, Mm-hmm. There's going to be cost, right? You had you had the startup yeah. cost. You had all of this stuff. You know, when we look into doing, uh, when I started doing the DJ business, there's, <laughs> I mean, I could, if we start going into all the thousands of dollars that I've poured into lights, to pour into speakers, to pour, my partner mm-hmm. who was with me, Glenn Lister, who, I mean, he, you know, $4,000 into a really nice digital set. I mean, there's going to be cost. And and I wanted to point something else out to what you said earlier. If you don't like your job, then you're just living. You're just being. I, I made this comment today to my kids, and I wasn't even thinking about tonight or anything like this. I've done what I have done for 25 years. I do not do it for the money. If I did, I would have been out a long time ago. I would have took job opportunities from Troy, from Hannibal, uh, from Bowling. You know, I would. I took them. I had job opportunities offered to me uh, when my when my teacher, who I did my student teaching under, when she retired, she mentioned me by name to the board at Hannibal, and I that would have been a $15,000 a year pay raise to start with. Okay. And I turned it down. Why? Because I love the community that I am. I'm loving what I do. The kids who I work with on a daily basis. If you don't, if you don't look forward to going into your job, if you look at job, your job, then you need to be in. If you're looking at it for the money, you know, I get satisfaction. I find success. My success for me isn't determined by, the car I drive, the house I live in. First of all, I don't I don't identify, and I get a little religious on people here, but I, I, I first identify as a Christian. Success in my life doesn't mean a whole lot because I don't base my stuff myself on things of this world. You know, I, I, I now do I like stuff. I do. I'm an electronics nerd. I love gaming stuff i love you know i love apple stuff i love you know but i don't base my success on that mm-hmm. i don't look at my success based upon the amount of if you if you base success on the stuff that you have the flat screens the big screens the big house the small you know i know people who live in a 1200 square foot house a thousand square foot house 900 square foot house and they are as happy as they can be I was watching a uh, some Snapchat content tonight before we came on of this uh, NFL player plays for the Vikings. He makes nine point seven million dollars a year, which is you know mid tier, probably even a lower tier NFL player. But this guy is building his house, and he 
he actually, so while he's, he ran his, into some, you know, issues with contractors, so he bought this camper. And this and he, this guy talks more about how awesome his camper is. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking like a big RV. We're talking like a little pop-out, little $30,000 camper. And mm-hmm. this guy loves the simplicity of the life that he has. He comes <laughs> to his camper. He called it his off-season crib. Yeah. Well, like, like I, I partially blame him for it, but Lenny, Lenny Kravitz, uh, lives in an airstream in Jamaica, you know, like has an air and I I blame him for it because I love airstreams. I just, I, they're so beautiful and they're, they're, but because these fucking celebrities have like made it the cool thing that like, (laughs) they were already expensive. Now yeah. it's oh, like don't oh, even don't even go to the website. Don't even oh, fucking man. look at them now. Airstream because awesome. it's it's yeah, they're so cool, but it's literally like the life of luxury on run. I'm like, fuck you, you still hit a speed bump <laughs> and you're losing your shit. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Lenny. Yeah, I, I so some of that stuff. But no, like that's a real thing. Like uh and there's there's other individuals like um like look at guy you know there there are individuals that live off you know endorsement deals and don't live like crazy lavish like rob gronkowski has not spent a dime of his nfl Mm -mm. salary it's all endorsements and lives a lives a you know he's a party um, boy but he's still i mean big party boy but very conservative as far as like the stuff that he owns and stuff that he does like it's again he doesn't have people view success sometimes unfortunately and and here's the thing and i, I we're kind of, i'm going to kind of backtrack to what we're talking about but when you had mentioned how there's good in capitalism there's evil in capitalism it's the same thing with socialism mm-hmm. people seem to forget the people that abuse a capitalistic society are also going to abuse a socialistic society that's just how it works and when you talked about biting the hand that feeds you I had an argument with with individuals because they literally tried claiming to me that if you taxed a billionaire at 60, 70%, which you should, they there's no they wouldn't leave. Like they wouldn't pack up and, and leave. And I said, Are you out of your mind? Look at how many even smaller businesses have offshore jobs to other nations, to mm-hmm. other countries mm-hmm. to save money. Yep. So if you were going to tax the income of an individual in the United States, I assure you, if you, if you tax their business like that, they would take their company elsewhere right. and you, and then it'd be Americans paying the import tax on the goods that are coming in because people are still going to need those goods. People are still going to want those goods. Uh, it's, don't you just it, laugh it, though? At, don't you laugh at the people though? Like, and I, I towed Apple and everything like that. But you know, Phil Knight and Nike, you know, American company, bull crap. Where's where are those shoes? You know where those shoes are. You know where those shoes are assembled. Out there, it says right on the top of the tag, "Made in Vietnam." Mm-hmm. Where they're getting what twenty five cents a day, probably twenty five thirty cents a day. Communist country. It's. It's that's that's and and that's again one of the issues that you know I've kind of always had when when major corporations talk about like like Nike for example you know me like 
human rights are always a big thing and, and especially like the civil rights and stuff like that. And I, I like that, you know, when, when people bitched about Nike doing, you know, uh, like having black lives matter on their stuff, I don't care. Like I, if that's the message they want to push, that's a good message that yep. they should push. Yep. The issue is it's like, okay, we're, you're, you're talking about black lives matter here in America. What about the Asian lives matter in Southeast the Asia. Asian lives in Southeast Asia and your other company in your other factories that are in Africa and, you know, across the planet, across the globe, where you have factories what about those individuals where you're literally using child slave slave labor labor, right you know it's and i i god there was um it was a comedy podcast but i was listening to a podcast that was talking about our phones and how the, the the processors the chips that we are in our processors are they literally that the 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 tech that gets mined out of actual slave camps. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. It, this is not like it's just one company. This is oh, just. Oh, no, it's spread out throughout. That is, it is throughout all of them. And that's another thing is, is, you know, we were real quick to, you know, blame so-and-so for it. But, you know, every business is a blood diamond business at the end of the yep. day. If it makes money, it, it's glitters of gold. And, we you know, and but we don't want to look at the ugly side of it though. But then again, so let's bring this full circle again. Okay, so now we come back to saying, okay, this is, and we're not going to be able to get to the issue. We'll save that for next week. But this mm-hmm. it, this issue is one. We I guess we can call this a series of things about what divides us, wealth being one of them. And but I I want this stuff, and but oh, but I care about you know, like you said, I care about these people getting the right, what's right, and what's wrong. But I want this stuff, you know. I, you know, I mentioned Apple. Apple, I, they have the balls to put on their products, made in China, designed in designed in California, designed in California, made yeah. in China. I'm like, that takes a huge set of testicles to say that. You know, you have the balls and the fortitude to say, well, it's designed in America. Okay, mm-hmm. but you're. You know, I, man, and I, I, I know I harp a lot about China and I've only was there for four weeks, you know, but man, my eyes were really open to, you want to see how a socialistic society, how people are blinded and they get lulled to sleep that this is okay. Go over there and just see where the money's at. Because I can guarantee you, it's not in the hands of the people. It's not. Mm-hmm. And these Go people, to... Go to uh, Vietnam, Cuba, Venezuela. Oh my God! And, and what people Tra- seem to yeah, forget, where Travis's family's yeah. there. Yeah, literally, go to Venezuela and act and try to try to tell me that a system that crumbled like that is going to work for a nation with three hundred seventy-eight million people. Yeah, and see, and this is where I get a lot of people who do the eye roll with me. Okay, I I grew up. I grew up in I grew up in the end of the Cold War. And communism was the enemy. And we saw communism as the enemy and we saw it for the evil that what it was and we saw how it didn't work and we saw things that weren't working right. And now 
I hate to say that I, I'm the old guy syndrome, but now I'm old enough now to where I see what used to be evil and what used to be bad now is, well, it didn't look so bad after all. But again, our perspective is so limited because we're in this, and America's not a little box, but yet it is a little box. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't even make up, uh, we're a small percentage of the world's population. Eight billion people in the world, and we have 370 some odd million people. You know, whereas where India has, was they up to 1.7 and China's at 1.9 billion? You go to those countries and you see how they live and how they're paid and how they, you know, I don't know. I, I really, I really want people. So, and this is what also I'll, I'll mention this. This is kind of what inspired us. So my, my pastor was talking, we, we kind of were, you know, talking this whole series. He's, he's doing a series that's just called all you need is love. And he, he references back to the Beatles song. All you need is love. But this week he played a clip from the help. If you haven't seen the help, I absolutely loved it because you'll never eat, you'll never eat pie the same way again. But the and you have to watch it to get what that reference is. But one of the lines in the movie is to show people that you really love them and care about them, you got to speak the truth. Now I understand that tr- that truth is a relative to whoever situation it is, but part of our 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 division is the lack of love the lack that we can't speak sit down and speak the truth to each other the what we see is truth because truth is relative we can't speak the truth to each other and so we're divided on issues because we don't want to listen hence the reason for this podcast part of it is just to say you know could you take a moment and just consider could you take a moment and just consider that maybe there's something else and i'm open to get my way is not the right way. Now, there's some things that I'm absolute on. I will not waver on my Christian faith. I will not waver on my Christian faith. I will not waver on, you know, being helping helping those in need, helping the I will not waver on those things. But there are some things that I will sit and listen to and I will discuss. That's why I like to sit and discuss politics, because there are no absolutes in politics. There are no absolutes in politics. There are none. There are no... And if you want to tell, well, there's absolutes in constitutional... No, no, there isn't. There are no absolutes. And so I think part of our, you know... And there, there, there's no... Abs, there's, there's absolutes in Christianity, but there are no absolutes in religion, if that makes sense. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you, you grew up Presbyterian, I grew up Baptist, okay? Mm-hmm. There's differences in the way that our our doctrines believe, but at a, at the core of our beliefs, you and I believe the same thing. Okay, but you know politics. You know you you got me. If you would have got me in a room twenty years ago, I would have. I was. I look back at myself twenty years ago, and Colby can. I was the conservative of conservative of conservatives. But as I've grown older, I've kind of like okay. I, you know, I, I just feel like 
I'm tired of being the guy who was duped in the room because I was so absolute that this was the way to be. And this has got to be the <laughs> only way because that's right. the way you were raised. But once you get outside and you start stretching your own wings and you start flying on your own, you're going to start seeing that, man, maybe I should open my mind just a, a little bit, just a little mm -hmm. bit, you know, so I can have a level of understanding to where I can see where the other guy is coming from. Because within the last 10 years, and then I'm, I know I'm ranting, but this is the last thing I want to say, and then we can move on. I think within the last 10 years, and Sean, you've been out of school long enough that you can say this probably too. In the last 10 years, I have seen our country divide more in the last 10 years than I have in my entire, you know, I've been, you know, I've been teaching over half my life now, and it's hard to believe that, but in, in my lifetime, I've seen us just go from this, a 9-11 world where we were all together and united in one purpose to a 2021 world where people are at each other's throats over the issue of, you know, like what we're talking about tonight was money. We're going to kind of delve next week and give you a little teaser. You know, we're going to delve a little bit next week into race. And, you know, we're letting these things just, and I, and I go back to what I said earlier. I hope, I pray that there is not some devious force at, play here that wants us to be divided that wants us to be you know and when they see just one more thing that they can use to feel the fire i mean i just i don't know who i could point a finger at or who it is or you know if it was 20 if it was 2016 the democrats would say well it was russia but i mean that they're you know that they've got trolls out there on the internet that they've got trolls out there in social media who are using these things to just stoke the fire just a little bit more i hope that there is nothing like that that's going on but anymore, part of me, there's just so many parts of the world that wants to see the downfall of America, and they they love to see this division. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you're not wrong. And at first I thought you were going to say uh, a devious lick out there. Was, <laughs> devious. Yeah. Good Lord. Well, anyway. Hey, by the way, happy 30th episode. Hey, yeah, we are. We are at episode. Episode 30. Just think we are Almost, 22 episodes away from a full year. We are over the halfway And then mark. we can start the Voice of Reason podcast 2022. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, no, I, uh, I, I really enjoyed, um, and I'm not sure if there's anything too specific you want to dive into more, but I, I did really enjoy this talk uh, just because, man. Um, you're not wrong. And, and we, we go over it. And when we, when we talk week by week, um, you know, we express our frustrations and the shit that we see. And when we share it back and forth to one, you know, one another and, and, and Travis too, and Matt, uh, you know, whoever we have on is typically, it's like, did you see this shit? And did you see this? And you've got to be kidding me. And, right, uh, right. I mean, and it's just, it's, and it's a the, constant. And, and that is the beauty of this. Uh, that I look forward to this every week this same is, absolutely i same. mean you know when i was a little kid and i i, I want to get one of my buddies on uh, from my childhood we used yeah. to we used to have a <laughs> it's so funny we used to we used to do this mock radio station we called it wkgb where the communists tied it was we we were all anti you know but oh, he, yeah. and I, he and i would make these little audio tapes and we would make copies of them and we'd send them to our friends and 
and mm-hmm. you know and i this was something i you want to talk about a dream i've always enjoyed being able to have a have a a platform where you know we can do this kind mm-hmm. of stuff and when you approached me about this that's why i was so i was like you talk about chasing you know i knew i probably can't make a living at this but at the same time i enjoy doing this even i mean we have yeah you know we had, we do have a continual audience and again thank you guys for i mean are we have we're getting we're getting close to the 500 mark now on our likes on our on our and shares on our um uh, our facebook page and man that's that's awesome to see and we know that at some point in time there's you know not all 500 give us get us every week but man it's so awesome that we can mm-hmm. share frustration life and just things in general with you guys and we just appreciate that so much and and uh, to to caveat on that like it really does make my day when we get messages or when we get comments that are like hey like there there's individuals that you know are some of the last people that i expected to Mm -hmm. listen to this podcast that have messaged me like hey i love catching in i'm caught up on all the episodes right now i listen to you guys in the car and it's just like holy cow so the big thing i know i stress it a whole bunch but but seriously um please if you don't already which i'm sure if you're listening now you at least like us but on facebook and everything but if you could just share and talk tell someone that you didn't tell last week about us say hey these are two goofballs that uh you know they always got something good going on and and please just tell someone and and as you know the page grows and as the viewership and listeners go there's more that we can do there's more that you know we can put into this to really make it something special and we couldn't do it without you guys from from seriously the bottom of our hearts um it's been fun and and Mm -hmm. 30 episodes in i i can't wait to kind of see how where it goes from here so Again, make sure you guys like us on YouTube. Check us out right here on Facebook, please. If you haven't commented before, please comment. If you're listening to us, I know we have a lot of folks to check us out on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening to us there. Google Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you guys get your podcasts from. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Again, I'll repeat it. It's a broken record. Give us a like, share, uh, all that good stuff. Let the people know and, and, uh, I can't wait to be back with you guys next week. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks a lot. Take care.